You are listening to the Tri-Quarter Transmissions, Episode 2. And now, here are Craig and Jeff. Welcome to our second episode of the Tricorder Transmissions. We are your hosts, Jeff Hewlett. And Craig Cohen. And I'm curious, uh, last week we left off with uh, you talking about going to see Pacific Rim finally. How'd that go? Oh yeah, yeah. You know what? It's It, it actually went really, really well. I'm glad it is a movie that I saw in theaters. And I'm really, really surprised that going into it, I hadn't really seen too much about it, like mm-hmm. I talked about on last episode. So um, going to see it was pretty cool. Um, the theater was – it was in one of the smaller <laughs> theaters at my multiplex, but um, it was probably 75% full. So there were still people interested wow. in seeing it. Yeah. That's and I got Yeah, and I got to say, you know what? I really, really enjoyed it, and I'm glad mm-hmm. I saw it on the big screen. Um, you know, it's monsters fighting big robots. But at the <laughs> same time, um, there's some cool character moments in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know what? It felt like a good summer movie. I mean, it definitely hit all the beats that a summer movie would hit. Um, but it had a little bit of heart, too. So um, I really I really enjoyed it. And I, I look forward to watching it again, I guess, when it comes out on Blu-ray. Oh, cool. So you say it was definitely a good popcorn flick? Yeah, yeah. And and I think while it's still out in theaters, um, if people are on the fence, uh, definitely go check it out because um, I think it'll uh, it'll meet your expectations. Oh, all right. Cool. Well, I'll yeah. take that under advisement if uh, we have some matinee money to blow tomorrow morning or Sunday. Yeah. Perhaps we'll uh, we'll give that movie a spin. But another thing I wanted to bring up movie wise uh-huh. is I saw a a very sad tweet from you earlier about having missed <laughs> R.I.P.D. in the theaters, which I, I share that sentiment because I really wanted to see it. And then I kind of succumbed to the uh, the negativity that was going on out there and I opted not to see it. And I kind of regret it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was one of those things where, you know, in, in the mm-hmm. summer, you know, with movies coming out the way they are and, you know, I have mm-hmm. a, a little stockpile of, um, of passes to my theater. Nice. So, you know, I try and, you know, use those. And figure, you know, I might be a couple of weeks behind, you know, everybody else, but eventually I'll see all the movies. And R.I.P.D. was one of those movies that I guess it came out, didn't make any money, <laughs> and the theaters dumped it already. So uh, I snoozed and I lost, and um, I guess I'll actually have to eventually catch it on uh, on Red Block, Redbox, or uh, or Netflix. Yeah, good old Redbox. I tell you, I've, I've that saved me many a time. So. Yeah, you know, it, I really enjoy it. You know, I, when I go to do my weekly shopping, you know, the the stop and shop I go to, they have one right by the registers. So, you know, if there's ever a movie out that um, I'm thinking about, I'll check and see if it's in the red box or, you know, uh, sometimes you're just not sure what you're in the mood for. So you go to the red box and see what they got. Um, you know, sometimes returning it, you know, you have to make, a, you know, a trip to a 7-Eleven or something that you might be driving by. But uh 
I, I definitely like the concept of the red box. Yeah, me too. But you know, I I have the red box curse, and uh, my C my local CVS down the street has a one of those really great double red boxes. Oh. So it, it yeah, it's it's awesome because they they always seem to have the movies in. So you know, and I I have the the iPhone app, so I can go yeah. and browse what's in the actual kiosk and mm-hmm. and rent and then go pick it up. Yeah. So you know, the first time you know, of course, I picked kiosk A. And I rented my movie and I went, of course, there are people at kiosk A and I couldn't pick up my movie until they were done. And they're, they're dorking around, picking movies that it took them at least five minutes to get out of there. So I figured, you know, the second time, maybe I'll be smarter and I'll pick kiosk B. Maybe that's the lesser used kiosk. And sure yes. enough, when I get there, the situation is reversed and there's uh. some yokel at, at kiosk B. And I'm standing there like an idiot because I can't pick up my rental at kiosk A. <laughs> You'd think that would be something that they would take into account, that they, so if you have two linked kiosks there, that you could you pick sh- up your rental at either one of them. Yeah, that makes sense. You'd think you'd be able to go to either one, yeah. Yeah, so I got I got burned by that several times. But, you know, it, it, it's still for $1.20 a pop. Uh, I can't uh, I can't complain. I, I finally got to see my incredible Burt Wonderstone <laughs> the other yes. day. And, uh, you know, that, that actually lived up to my expectations. I was glad that I, I got a chance to see that. It was uh, had a lot of really good laughs in it. You know, I, I know it's not a real popular film, but I, I quite enjoyed it. Yeah, that was one of those ones that um, it has uh, – most of it takes place in Las Vegas, which mm-hmm. I know you're also a big fan of Las Vegas, and I love yep. movies that take place in Las, mm-hmm. Las Vegas. So that was one thing that really had me interested in seeing it. Um, the only thing I didn't like about Burt Wonderstone was – Ending seemed just a little too outrageous for yeah. the movie that they made. Yeah, I, I, can, I can agree with that. I can agree with that. Although, I have to say that the ending got the most laughs out of uh, out of Meg yeah. <laughs> when they were throwing... Oh, I don't want to ruin it, but when yeah. when they were doing the, the, <laughs> the final trick and you saw what they did behind the scenes to make yeah. the trick work, she was laughing so hard her face was beat red. And uh, it was pretty... I had to say, it was pretty funny. It was a little grandiose. Yeah. And, yeah, and it seemed a little bit too big, but it was still pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very cool. So do you have anything on tap for this weekend movie-wise? or mm, I don't know. I have some stuff going on Sunday, so I might not be able to get to the movies. We, we may go tomorrow morning. Uh, I still want to see Red 2. I'm not mm-hmm. sure if I'm going to make it to that. Yeah. Um, but you're nothing, nothing too major on tap. But I do have a, a Star Trek thing that happened this week that I can – bring into the into the show oh nice i got my hands on you know my my affinity for collecting uh, original series action figures and i got my hands on a uh, spock and the horta uh, diorama so oh. I, yeah it's pretty neat spock has some uh, interchangeable heads so you can oh. change it to the the uh, the contemplative head or the in pain head so you can reenact the uh, the pain <laughs> scene from the uh, devil in the dark Oh, excellent! Hey, you're gonna have to put that up with the uh, the episode over at the website, oh, uh, tricordertransmissions.com. For those of you who listen over iTunes or through an RSS feed of some kind, um, if you do go to the, tri- the tricordertransmissions.com, for certain episodes we will include relevant pictures. I know mm-hmm. for last week's episode, um, um, uh, the Man Trap, we had pictures of us each with the salt monster from the now defunct. Um, uh, Star Trek experience uh, yeah. in Las Vegas. I think it was from our 2008 foray out there. I think that was yeah. the, that was the closing year, wasn't it? 
I believe that was the year that they uh, they closed shop. Yeah. Yeah. So we have pictures of ourselves with uh, quite a few of the statues that were there, as well as a couple of the characters who were walking around in costumes. So that was a really great send off for that yeah. exhibit. We, I, I kind of miss it. I was there several times over the years yeah. that it was in operation and. You know, it was a little repetitive, but still, it was it was a you could really connect with Star Trek history there with that little museum and oh yeah, you know, did mm-hmm. a great job putting the place together and the little Quarks restaurant felt almost <laughs> almost like you were in a Star Trek episode. You know, other than the fact that the waiters and waitresses didn't really get into the spirit, <laughs> but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, and I do have a um, I do have a box of matches from Quarks, which uh, if anybody out there ever bumps into me in person. <laughs> um, ask me for a book of matches and I will give you one from Quarks uh, you gave me a handful as well which I still have right here in my yeah. little office where I'm recording from right I can see them from right where I'm sitting uh, excellent and I'm sure we will uh, talk about the Star Trek experience um, as this show goes on oh for sure um, but this week I guess we are talking about Charlie X yeah we are talking about the episode Charlie X which was the second episode aired Mm-hmm. It was originally aired on the 15th of September in 1966, and the remastered version, which is the one we will be watching on Blu-ray, uh, was rebroadcast on July 14th of 2007. So one of the uh, one of the the middle uh, area of the uh, the remastered broadcasts. And for anybody who hasn't seen it, the quick plot synopsis rundown is uh, the Enterprise takes 17-year-old Charlie Evans aboard for transport after he's spent 14 years alone on a deserted planet, but he's unable to reintegrate with his fellow humans. So what do you think yes. of that one? Yeah, so this should be a fun one to sit down and watch, and um, I, I know it'll be interesting when we get into our essential versus non-essential mm-hmm. discussion, yeah. so uh, I'm looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny that I noticed the, the air date of uh, the 15th of September, um, we're only about, uh, what, a month behind uh, the actual, uh, you know, month and date of the yeah. of the air date. You know, if we had waited maybe five weeks to launch this podcast, we would have been in perfect sync. Yeah, you're true. <laughs> yeah. Another funny thing about this episode is I, I always, you know, you, you go on YouTube and you see uh, movies or TV shows that get recut mm-hmm. uh, to, to appear as if they're different movies. So they'll take a you know a drama and turn it into a horror trailer, yeah. something like that. I th- always thought this movie would this this TV show version would be really cool to be recut as like a teenage coming of age, <laughs> yes. because it really is. It's a kind of a coming of age in outer space with yeah. special powers. But you know it could be one of those little touching things with little like light piano background music and poor yeah. Charlie having all sorts of bullying <laughs> problems and stuff. Oh, uh, that you is great. Little gym scene in there. Yeah, yeah. All right, so this will be our uh, commentary track for Charlie X. Yep, and we will start the episode in three, two, and one. Welcome to Charlie X. So right at the beginning here, we see uh, the first appearance of another model Federation ship. Uh, this is known as the Antari. The ship itself is the Antares, but there's also an Antares type of ship here that appears uh, a couple of other times uh, throughout the series. One uh, one other variant is called the Yorkshire, and there was a uh, a third ship called the Woden, but that only appeared in this Antares style in the remastered versions. 
of the show. In the original version of the show, it was a clone of the Botany Bay-style ship that we see uh, in the Space Seed episode coming up. But in the remastered, they uh, they digitally changed it mm-hmm. to look like the Antares-style model ship so now it was it, almost like bringing it all like fixing the can uh, the continuity if you will right yeah. yeah so that way you you weren't seeing uh the botany bay which actually was an older earth ship mm-hmm. so that they it kind of didn't fit the description yeah uh so it, it actually had come from a later time period so they, they did fix that so that may be a pain point for some <laughs> diehard fans but uh they they, they lucasized it a little <laughs> <laughs> one thing that's that's so. worth noting here is uh kirk is in his dress uniform mm, mm, mm. Um, and i guess it was because he was meeting uh you know he's meeting other people from another ship, ship in, a, yep. in a formal manner yeah and these guys these guys are kind of like uh kind of like my parents used to be when they were dropping me off at my grandparents to, to get rid of me for the weekend like oh yeah no 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 we're not gonna you know no we're not gonna stay no we, we gotta go we, we gotta get on the road uh you know, I, nope, no thanks. Don't want any drinks. Uh, yeah. We're taking off. Kind of just dumping the kid here. What a great jacket that is, by the way. Yeah. Wow. So they're basically transferring uh, Charlie, this kid Charlie, 17 year old. 17 or 15? I think 17. 17. I think uh, 17. And there he is seeing uh, Yeoman Rand. It's the first time he's seeing a woman. He's been living, he was found on a planet. Um, um, the only human on the planet, yeah. Supposedly. So he, he survived he, on his own from the age of uh, till till uh, from three to five. Say, no, longer. Uh, I think it was a teenager, right? Oh, okay. Fourteen, right? Yeah. Fourteen, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. So he, um, oh, see, he doesn't even know that she's a girl. So this yeah, is, he, you know, now see, he's got a. You know, the funny thing about, uh, I thought, you know, when I was younger and originally watched the, I thought that Janice herself was older mm-hmm. but apparently she's only in her, supposed to be in her early 20s yeah, yeah. in this show so i thought she looked a little bit old up so we're now we're getting the, um, the opening uh, titles the opening titles here getting our space the final frontier mm-hmm. monologue and so, I, the, the the most interesting thing about this episode is how quick those guys were to hand charlie off you mm-hmm. can tell that they were sort of anxious to get mm-hmm. rid of him yeah they wanted out baby um, but at the same time, you know, they either had extreme faith in Kirk's ability as a captain or and as a person to deal with Charlie, or they just said, hey, this is our opportunity to get rid of this kid. Oh, man. I'm going with the ladder. <laughs> I'm going with the ladder on that one. You could tell those guys were sweating. And they were going out of their way to say nice things about Charlie. Always oh, been an absolute pleasure. Yeah. Get him the hell off our yeah. ship. It almost seems like what they did, though, could be... Um, I don't want to say litigious, but definitely could have. They could have had yeah. charges brought against them. Uh, yeah, definitely. you know, by Starfleet. Yeah, a little court martial action yeah. there. They also was a Federation ship, mm-hmm. right? Was a Federation mm-hmm. ship. So, so yeah, here we go. Here we see a, yet another bizarre <laughs> yeah. uh, medical like, device. It's like the inverted stair climber. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 what must that have been like to build as a as a, a set piece? Mm-hmm. You know, you got these these rectangular blocks coming out of the wall, so they have to have some kind of resistance on them. So it yeah. looks. And there's that um, that medical panel that we saw in um, the the man trap episode. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I always wondered uh, what was inside those uh, rose tinted 
cases behind McCoy mm. that you see right here. There's bottles of some sort in there. Is that, you know, is that his liquor cabinet? <laughs> Is that Bones' stash of interstellar liquor? Yes. There might be some some books in there, but uh, you know, I, I definitely think I see a couple of decanters there. So here we go. We're we're, we're learning that he's completely um, physically sound. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, we got the background onto um, you know um, how he had been on the planet for fourteen years from the age of three. Once the uh, the ship supplies were exhausted, he sort of foraged and found his own and he learned how to speak uh, via the ship's tapes yeah pretty impressive uh pretty impressive for a kid and uh, he's putting the jacket back on but he looks awful sweaty mm-hmm. so i uh, wonder what's going on here and he's got a he's also been given a uh an older style uh starfleet uniform here so uh, presumably from the other ship mm-hmm. so up oh, now he's talking about how the other ship didn't like him yeah. So now we're starting to get a little confirmation here that uh, the other the other crew was dumping him off. Yeah. Onto the Enterprise, but but you know McCoy's still trying to be nice here. Yeah. Well, McCoy's saying you, you know, know every seventeen year old or yeah, any teenager awkward, right? is unsure of themselves and they want to be liked. Yeah. So he, I think I think that Charlie has a little too much fascination with this guy lowering <laughs> the shaft into that hole. I don't know. I, I'm. Uh, he seems really interested in this. Yeah. He's laying conduit here. What exactly is this guy doing, by the way? I wonder what what there's a there's a grate in the floor. Yeah. Yes, yeah, he looks a little too interested in this. Up oh, now, he's gonna climb down the. Uh, the is that Jeffrey. a Jeffrey's tube? Is, I was supposed to say yes. is that a Jeffrey's tube. Is that yeah? So now he's gonna take a look at what's going on with the. Uh, so look at that that other that alternate uniform comes in uh, in red and, and yeah, blue. Yeah, blue. Yeah. Oh, there's another weird gadget. <laughs> what's that thing? <laughs> Obviously, it rotates. Yeah. And here we see Janice Rand again. And so now we're gonna we're gonna develop a little more of Charlie's infatuation. Yeah, it's his first with crush. Yeoman Rand. Yeah, yeah. And she's got she's having an issue with her tricorder for some reason. And he's all of a sudden out of nowhere has her favorite perfume. Yeah, where did exactly. it come from? Mm. How did he get it? Mm. Very peculiar. Well, getting a little inkling here of something uh something interesting going on with charlie here it's a present so yeah so she's questioning where he got it from but where did we yeah but he doesn't want to give that information up and she's gonna ditch him i think it's interesting that the first two episodes that broadcast and the first two episodes that we talked about Mm -hmm. uh, you know last week's the man trap and then charlie x Mm. they have sort of a similar oh there was the butt slap by the way slapped her on the butt and she's oh she's in cred she instantly admonishes him. Yep. And she tells him to uh, to ask Kirk what, what he did wrong. Yeah. Um, well, sends him to the man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but basically, uh, the, these first two episodes that were broadcast have a very similar structure in the sense that there is mm-hmm. some kind of menace on board the ship. Yep. Um, and I think it's interesting that they decided to go back to back with sort of that plot device. Because there would be plenty of times where they would... Most of the episode would take off, you know, uh, or take place off sh- off the Enterprise or, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. uh, as part of an away mission. Uh, but here, the first two episodes back to back dealt with an, uh, a menace on board. Yeah, you had more of a freak of the week thing going on here. And uh, here we get introduced to an alien, uh, a name of an alien species called the Thassians. Mm-hmm. So uh, in the previous episode, the man trap, you didn't you didn't get any uh names, names of aliens now we're getting the first name of an, an alien species 
that we're going actually going to see near the end of this episode. Uh, but they're in Thassian space or near Thassian space. So it makes sense. So, uh, by the way, here's another uh, uh, oddball piece of technology that Kirk has in his hand. So we didn't see that before, but it's the, uh, the, the log book that he has to sign off on mm-hmm. quite a bit. So we're, we're slowly getting, getting introduced to all of the common pieces of Star Trek technology mm-hmm. that we're going to be seeing throughout the series. So quite interesting to see. And they're, they're, they're talking about how uh, Charlie couldn't have survived alone. Yeah, Spock being the skeptic that mm-hmm. he is. And is, he's basing his argument on science. He's oh, saying scientifically science. there's no way that this kid could have survived for as long as he did. Yep. And Kirk is actually taking a different stance here and saying, you know what? Shut up, guys. Mm-hmm. You know, he's obviously alive and, and he needs our help. So um, he's going to depend on the doctor to make sure Charlie's in mm-hmm. good health. Uh, ah, <laughs> the, uh, Spock's the, the instrument, loot. the Vulcan loot. <laughs> we're not ready to go to Eden yet, brothers, but uh, we're going to get a song nonetheless. So this is kind of cool. Um, it's one of the things I like about this episode is we see the wreck area and everybody's sort of just doing their own things. They're playing cards. Uh, you know, Spock's jamming out on his loot. They're playing the uh, the tri-level chess. Um, and it's cool to see that, you know, the crew sort of in its downtime. Yeah, yeah, and there's a little smile from Spock. Yeah. little smile from Spock. And uh, now we're going to uh, be serenaded by uh, Uhura. There we go. She's and kind of riffing. She's improving on, uh, you know, about Spock. Who's in Satan's <laughs> guise. Spock looks like Satan. Devil ears and devil eyes. Ooh, that's kind of offensive. Look at the look on Spock's yeah. face. Hmm. And apparently uh, Janice Rand is amused by this. Mm-hmm. And all, all are the other crew members. And Spock's playing along <laughs> nicely. His touch would barbarize. His alien love could victimize. <laughs> Woo! That's scandalous, man. Wow. Yeah, but it's all playful. And, yeah, and yeah. I guess uh, I guess Spock's able to read that. Oh, sure. Female astronauts. And they call them astronauts, too, which is interesting. <laughs> Female astronauts. Uh, in walks Charlie, by the way. You know, I don't think it was was it. I don't think it was advertised back then that Uhura had a a, a singing capability. It yeah. was one of her one of her great talents. Yeah, was her ability to sing. It's been used a couple of times, mm-hmm. and in one of the movies. So here we see Charlie's going to do some card tricks to try to um, to try to amuse. Yeah. Janice, but he's going to get frustrated because Uhura is uh, yeah. taking her attention away from him. Well, yeah, he sort of doesn't understand socially. You're supposed to sort of let people, yeah. you know, finish. He seems uh, more keen on just Up. interrupting. And here, Uhura now she's going to rip gonna, on Charlie, yeah, a little, a little bit, and and uh, Charlie's not going to take too well to it. Yeah, no, he's not going to like that mm-hmm. very much. Mm-hmm. There's seeking out his first. Oh, now she's embarrassing him yeah. by pointing out his. Uh, his crush. It's a it's a minor form of bullying. It's yeah, teasing. No, I can see how he would get <laughs> pissed by that. I, you know, I'd be a little uncomfortable. Yeah. People you don't really know. You know, he's calling you out. She's calling you out in front of all these people. You know, he's got no experience with girls. Mm-hmm. Poor kid. Yeah, you know, I, I can see where he got a little bit miffed here. Mm-hmm. And you can see it in his face is contorting <laughs> a little bit. And I, you know, and I don't think that uh, Janice is feeling too good about this. Either. And there we see a little manifestation. Mm-hmm. Of Charlie's power. Mm-hmm. Subtle. Subtle. Mm-hmm. 
And yep. he's going to start doing his card tricks here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, let's talk a little bit about Charlie. It's uh, sure, actor sure. Robert Walker. Um, and um, you're probably going to know him or know him from uh, playing the character of Bobby Hartford in 1972's Beware the Blob. Hey, a great <laughs> flick, man. Larry and, Hagman. Yes. Director Now, here's Larry a very Hagman. important scene, by the way. Just to Now, Charlie's on a card trick, and now... The cards have pictures of Janice Rand in, on them in different poses. So now we're getting we're getting some really solid confirmation that Charlie's got some uh, some serious powers going yeah, on. Yeah, this is real magic. This, this isn't, is serious uh, magic. This isn't sleight of hand. So Charlie's definitely got some special powers. But anyway, back to uh, back to Beware the Blob, by the way, which. Uh, is available in its entirety on YouTube, okay. I will point out. Yeah. So if anybody out there is interested, uh, I often find that people are unaware that there is a sequel to The Blob. Yeah, yeah. And it's a direct sequel, mind you. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, very, very good to watch. Not a very good movie, but but good to watch. Good to watch. The Blob eats hippies. Yeah, yeah. It's spectacular. Uh-huh. It's spectacular. Yeah. And Robert Walker, in addition to Beware the Blob, he did a lot of TV work after Trek. Um, the TV work includes The Six Million Dollar Man, Charlie's oh. Angels. By the way, this is the one and only mention of Meatloaf in Star <laughs> Trek. I wanted to point that out since I know Craig is a big, big fan big of Meatloaf, meatloaf. as and, am I. Yeah. Not Meatloaf the singer, yeah. but Meatloaf the food. <laughs> yeah. And it serves a purpose here because we're going right. to see that it's Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm, Kirk mm-hmm. says, I don't want the crew eating this synthesized meatloaf. Can you make it taste like turkey? Um, I believe isn't that what he says? Yeah, and the, well, and, the, and then I think doesn't Charlie actually Charlie actually turns, turns them into, into turkeys? Full, yeah, full. and then the, the chef is amazed at the mm-hmm. fact that there's turkeys. And you know, this is we also get confirmation here that the ship actually does have a chef. Yeah, right, the guy that does do cooking, mm-hmm. and there's ovens. Yeah, but he's using some kind of food replicator yeah, technology. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So uh, where were you? I was just finishing off some of the other work that uh, Robert Walker had done. He had done uh, also work on Chips in Dallas and uh, Murder, She Wrote. Wow. So, yeah. He had quite a little career himself there. Mm-hmm. So now we're getting a little bit of, uh, yeah, of Kirk I, being a role model. Yeah. I think Kirk was explaining to him why you don't pat women on the, on on the, the behinds. Butt. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I you know legitimate. I think you know he wasn't Charlie wasn't raised around women. He doesn't know how to behave. I think it's legit. Mm-hmm. You know, Kirk. I gotta hand it to Kirk. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't know this guy, and he's he's really stepping up to try to be like a, a you know a mentor, a father figure. I think mm-hmm. that says a lot about Kirk as a character. Mm-hmm. You know that he really does he does care. You know, even though he's busy running a starship, and he still wants to take the time out to help. You know, a stranger. I mean, here we're getting a communication from uh, the Antares ship. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're gonna find out really soon here how uh, how how evil Charlie can be when things don't go his way. Yeah, yeah. Sending Spock back to his station there. Just He's saying scanning the ship work wasn't down. very reliable. Yeah. So you think something happened? Charlie doesn't really know, but he does know a little bit. Uh, some debris. And, yeah. Oh, now we're gonna get some, some debris. Yeah. And it's it's gone. Yeah, it's what's left of the it's Antares. It's gone the way of uh, yeah. of Planet Alderaan, if you will, to make uh, a Star Wars yep. uh, connection. Yep, yep. Yeah, it's a shame. Mm-hmm. Well, you know that's what you get for uh, for dumping the kids off at grandma's and running away. Mm-hmm. The episode was uh, based there's on meatloaf a meatloaf again, by the way. <laughs> yes. Now there's See, turkey now in the ovens. See, now they turned into real turkeys. And turkey in the ovens. 
the episode, the story for this episode was was written by Gene Roddenberry, mm. uh, and the script itself was written by longtime Star Trek, um, I guess, um, behind the scenes person DC Fontana. Fontana yeah. Um, so um, you've got some uh, really interesting pedigree there. Here's the tri level uh, chessboard. The introduction. Um, it doesn't the... really seem like it's yeah. played like real chess. They're using terms like check and checkmate, but if you watch yeah. it, it doesn't seem like the moves are the same. But it's kind of cool to see the uh, how chess might have it might mm-hmm. advance in uh, the time it takes for us to get to uh, the era that Star Trek's in. And this was actually made into a game that you can buy and oh, play. Yeah. yeah, there is there is such a thing as the 3D chess that was developed uh, in homage to this. I'm sure you can find it on a website near you. Mm-hmm. And here comes Charlie, who seems very interested in the game itself. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kirk's going to invite him in to take mm-hmm. a look around and, and learn a little bit about this game. Mm-hmm. And also, we, we see here that uh, Spock thinks he's got Kirk beat. And boom, just like Kirk normally does, he blindsides you and his checkmate. Mm-hmm. So now we see that uh, Kirk used an illogical mm-hmm. approach <laughs> to chess to beat spock's logical approach to chess so mm-hmm. uh on an intelligence scale i think that actually speaks a little bit about kirk sure. knowing how intelligent spock is mm-hmm. you know we, we always assume that spock is far more intelligent yeah. than anybody else mm-hmm. in the ship which is proven many many times but kirk can still match his intelligence in some areas which is pretty cool mm-hmm. so here is spock's going to teach charlie a little bit about uh and Charlie's going to jump the gun and, yeah. and play without really knowing much about it. A little and, smirk from Spock there. Well, smirk. Spock makes quick work of him. He, oh, sure. He spanks him. And uh, the poor chess set suffers for it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, we don't really know too much about Spock yet. And it's the fact that, nah, you yeah. know, he doesn't have a, a, a you know, he's suppressed his, his emotions, mm. um, you know, or his race does. Um, so he has no problem beating a kid soundly. Whereas sometimes oh, yeah. you let the kid win or or you, you, you prolong it a little bit to make them feel, you know, a little bit better mm. about themselves. But uh, a little tantrum <laughs> here by Charlie, who's a pretty sore loser. And Spock is going to. And you know what? Himself. Spock's kind of lucky he made his exit when he did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, seeing some of the things that are coming up here in this episode, he, he realized that uh, Spock got off easy here. I mean, there we go. The eyes roll back. You know, in the head. I wonder. <laughs> I wonder that when when they did the casting for this episode, was that a requirement <laughs> uh, of whoever they cast in the Charlie role? He had to be able to make that weird face because he does it several more times with that weird eye roll and the, the 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 tucking of the chin to the chest. Oh, and here, Yeoman Rand has yeah, a, a man. Pre- or um, uh, yeah, she's got a pretty good idea here. Yeah, she's um, trying to introduce him to a girl. I mean, and she's a cute one too. Yeah, it's you know, girl you know. his own age, and he gives her the quick brush oh, off. That's and that's not cool, man. Yeah, and one, she even looks a little bit like uh, a little bit like Janice. Yeah, here. you know, she was doing him a solid, and you unfortunately, know, she, he yeah, wasn't able she was to. Trying to help him out. Yeah. Well, you know, he's the heart wants what the heart wants, <laughs> yeah. huh? Um, getting it's uh, the hairdo putting uh, the technical end of this episode to sort of bet if you will it was directed by Lawrence Dopkin who died in 2002 mm-hmm. he was an American television director actor and screenwriter and his career spanned seven decades 
Um, wow. One interesting fact about him, from 1971 to 1993, he served as the narrator of the Hall of Presidents show. Wow. And he returned to re-record the presidential roll call each time a new U.S. president was huh. re-elected. So uh, if you saw the Hall of Presidents show between 71 and 93, you heard Lawrence Dobkin's voice. You are a veritable <laughs> cornucopia of factoids here, It's sir. amazing how easy it is to find things when you have the internet oh, at your disposal. Google and Wikipedia <laughs> are our best friends. What would we do without them? You know what I want to Google? How could you do your hair like Janice Rand in real life? I mean, you would need some sort of an apparatus yeah. to wrap your hair around, wouldn't you? Yeah, you would think so. It almost looks like sort of the the hat that Jeannie wears, but made out of hair. Yeah, really. I mean, I can't see how she would have enough hair physically. I mean, that, that hair, if you let that all down, it would probably go down to her knees at least. Yeah. Wouldn't it? Because mm-hmm. she's got to do all that cross hatching going on there. and, and It's a hmm. lot of work. Yeah, definitely. Well, when she reappears in, in the future in, in some of the Star Trek movies, she has regular hair. Yeah. You know, so they, they obviously uh, did away with those hairdos. They they fell out of fashion, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Oh, now she's going to express her uh, her concern. Yeah, she's saying he's got that look that uh, if it's not, if he's not really, really put Oh, look line. at the dramatic lighting on yeah. her face there. You know, we, we're really seeing uh, the emotion in this scene. Yeah. You know, Kirk is concerned. Yeah. Well, I think as captain of the ship, everybody on board is his responsibility. Oh, as we hear many, many times in the future, 430 mm-hmm. crewmen thereabouts. Mm-hmm. And a little smirk there. <laughs> he knows Charlie's just trying to get himself a little. <laughs> so Kirk's not really mad. Yeah. You know, he, he knows what it's like. Mm-hmm. He remembers. You know, good thing there weren't any green chicks on this ship oh or Charlie God. wouldn't have been able to control himself, man. Yeah. Those I'm Garani actually also girls. surprised that, you know, he, you know, he, he you know, he, he wasn't more distracted by Nichelle Nichols, who, you know, very exotic looking, yeah, very yeah. sexy. She's and a pretty woman, of, man. Yeah. yeah. And, he, and if he had never seen a girl before and then he sees, you know, he sees Uhura. I mean, that, and, you know, Uhura was dancing, doing a little dance and a little singing. That's quite alluring. She had some moves. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, and here's Kirk really trying to. He doesn't want to talk about the birds and the bees, though. He's pointing that off on Dr. McCoy. <laughs> nice, nice work. Uh, he's going to get some. Yeah, okay. Here he's going to explain the fact. Uh, and Charlie still thinks it's about uh, the butt slap. Yeah. But, you know, fair, to be fair, though, he's still. I mean, he's he's really learning all of this stuff for the mm-hmm. first time. And, and it's nice that Kirk is patient enough to to try to help him work through it. Mm-hmm. And actually, Kirk has a great line in this episode that I don't remember if it's in this scene or not. But he he basically says, "Charlie, there's a million things in this world you can have mm-hmm. and you can't have, and that's it." <laughs> you know, he's basically saying you have to learn to accept, yep. you know, the 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 things that are, you know, which is c- kind of funny coming from Kirk because mm-hmm. in terms of accepting things, it kind of shows his philosophy, though. That, you know, you really have to know when, mm-hmm. you know, you're basically at a dead end and when you're not well unless it's a no-win scenario yeah well then then he can't accept that (laughs) he can't and won't accept that but it's a great line and i think it's um a great moment for kirk um Mm -hmm. and this episode is sort sort of a a real showcase for the for the kirk character yeah yeah definitely and and i like how um 
you, you see his softer side and, and the, the, the and how much he respects the opposite sex. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he shows himself to be very, uh, very open hearted here. Mm-hmm. Kirk's and explaining the, that she's too old. Yeah. And that when it's when you when you hit on girls, you know, there, there it is. is. There are a million things in the universe you can have there and there are a million, million things, things you can't, can't have. have. <laughs> it's no fun <laughs> facing that. That's the way it is. What a great, you know, if, yeah. you know, it's a lesson we all have to learn. Yeah. But he's basically uh, saying, you know, you'll know when, yeah. when the, uh, the girl you're dealing yeah. with is gonna, you know, she's feeling what you're, yeah, it's you a know. good lesson for him to learn, yeah. you know, as a, as a, as an adolescent, you know, we all go through that. I remember going through that when I was a kid and I'm, I'm sure that, that you went through that mm-hmm. too. It's a tough lesson, man. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I can, I can definitely empathize with, with Charlie on this one. Mm-hmm. It's tough. Especially when the girl you have a crush on wears a short skirt like that every time you see her. I know, man. So it looks like um, the ship is now off course. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not supposed to be. Here we see another really uh, strange <laughs> thing. So apparently the Enterprise has a, an acrobatics <laughs> and gymnasium. <laughs> yeah. And Kirk is uh, he got us. Kirk is apparently teaching Charlie how to become a professional, professional wrestler. wrestler. Yeah, he's showing him how to take a bump here. Yeah, you know, and telling him how to slap the floor to absorb the fall. And and, and <laughs> here we have the Star Trek gi. You know, Charlie's got some tights on with with a uh, what looks almost like a martial arts gi, and Kirk showing off his uh, spectacular physique, doing yeah. some tuck and rolls. And Charlie really isn't comfortable. He doesn't want to do that role. That was like me in gym class. I wasn't comfortable with that stuff when I was that age either, man. I didn't want to be wrestling around. And Charlie's kind of pissed because he, you know, Kirk told him he was going to teach him how to fight. And Kirk says, well, trying to teach you how to defend yourself first. This is the, he's going with the Mr. Miyagi approach. You got to learn the wax off and the paint the fence before you can (laughs) learn. uh, Had a, had a, had a crane kick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now we're going to see a little bit of grappling. Oh, yeah. Takedown. Oh. Nothing to it, right? Yeah. Nothing to it. Kirk and now Kirk's going to throw it throw up. At, oh. <laughs> That's a classic throw right there. <laughs> yeah. And that could have been disastrous because that mat slid. Oh, yeah. Uh-oh. Oh, this guy, Sam yeah. here. Sam is getting into it. Sam's amused by it. Yeah. Oh, uh, see. And Charlie just there's no way he yeah, he could no. he could go all day here. Kirk could be uh, distracted making a batch of cookies and and yeah. he's not going down. Well, Kirk's not really doing a much of a service in this no. one. He's just messing with them. And boom, he shows Charlie where it's at. Yeah, it was I don't really end up. There's a big problem right here. Yeah. Here Sam's we laughing. go again with the teasing. Oh boy, and there's boom. the look. Bye Bazinga. Bye, Sam. See you later, bud. And the towel the is The towel left. stayed away. <laughs> the, the, stuff, towel the towel stayed. stayed behind. So if you're a towel in this scenario, yeah. count yourself lucky. Mm-hmm. Charlie's powerless against towels. Mm-hmm. And Kirk has sort of a, an oh, oh shit oh. moment. He's giving him the stern look. Yeah. But now you realize how lucky Spock was. Exactly. You know, Spock definitely could have been sent to that faraway place. And but I mean, that, that begs the question... How does Charlie decide who gets 
sent away and uh, who gets other consequences. Yeah. You know, it's just up to whatever the mood of the day is or whatever he feels like. And I think it's also, you know, his level of anger as well. I think the moments where he's completely and utterly angry, Hmm. um, it's sort of like almost a, a tribal urge, you know, or a tribal action, you know, instantly banishes that person. And, when he's a little bit more controlled, he's able to sort of, you know, uh, take away their, their their ability to smile or uh, some other sinister uh, plots. And, and here Charlie is really showing uh, his ability. Phaser's gone. But just the phaser, not the guy. Yeah. He's showing his strength here. Uh, he may be physically weak and unable to, uh, to throw people down, but yeah. with his mind, he's able to do a lot. Here's that dramatic lighting again. Yeah. And here's Kirk really talking to him like a dad. And Kirk is showing no fear here. He's showing no fear of, of Charlie sending him away. Mm-hmm. I think this is a huge character moment for Kirk because mm-hmm. it shows that he, he, he's he got a good understanding of Charlie mm-hmm. uh, and knows that, that Charlie sort of looks up to him in a sense. Mm-hmm. And also uh, it shows sort of a level of fearlessness. Yeah, and he, he he's he's the captain of the ship. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's, he's he acts like it. He's acting like <laughs> yeah. his role. I mean, he knows what he has to do. And if he if he shows also if he shows fear here in front of those two security guards. Oh yeah, you might as well just chop his. Yeah, you might as well yeah. chop your command right out. Yeah, you're done. Mm-hmm. So he he has to establish that not just for Charlie but for those those crew members that uh, that are subordinate to him. Mm-hmm. But those two guys don't want to take that kid to that the quarters, man. He could make them disappear mm. just like that. Yeah. And all the phasers on the ship are gone. Every single one of them. Yeah. So uh, So now they are defenseless against Charlie. Would the phasers have worked on him, though? I guess if somebody snuck up behind him. We they- don't know. I, well, yeah, you know what? They probably would. Mm-hmm. I don't want to. I don't want to spoil the end of the episode yeah. here. But they, they now that I think about it, they probably would have if if yeah. you if you could get off a shot where he wasn't paying attention. Yeah. yeah. So he is he is human. Mm-hmm. So now we're learning a little bit about the, the Thasians in the mm-hmm. sense that they they had the 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 ability to control things with their mind. Mm-hmm. Um. So uh, Spock had done some research there. Yeah, we're getting a little inkling of uh, of our first real. Uh, alien species that has some sort of unearthly power so it's another concept that uh, the viewers hadn't been introduced to yet until this episode Mm -hmm. and spock shows sort of a level of of discomfort at the fact Mm. that charlie could be responsible for the destruction of the uh, antares Mm -hmm. basically because it shows a a total disregard for for human life which is is not good for someone with that kind of power yeah no it's dangerous definitely dangerous so they they need to figure out what they're going to do with him at this point mm-hmm. you know and and uh spock is also well aware that charlie uh looks at uh at, at kirk as a as a mentor a father mm-hmm. figure so you know he also will encourage kirk to 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 use that position to try to keep charlie in check mm-hmm. and here's here's uh bones the struggle must remain between kirk yeah so basically and charlie, yeah Spock saying, you know, you've got to you've got to be the uh, the deflector here or the buffer, mm-hmm, or, mm-hmm. you know. 
we really can't engage him. Oh, uh, now Charlie, he's putting Charlie on the spot here, asking mm. about the Antares. Mm. And Kirk's being stern with him again. Yeah, he is. He Charlie is. fesses up to it. There was a warp baffle plate on the shield mm. of there, and he made it go away. And in doing so, in doing so, oh, he well, he's claiming it would have yeah. blown up anyway. Ah, the truth comes out. They weren't nice to him. They wanted to get rid of him. See, yeah. see, parents, parents everywhere. Take note. If your kid has special powers, don't drop them at grandma's. <laughs> yeah. Because likely on the way to wherever you're going that weekend, your car is going to blow up. Mm-hmm. And I think as this episode progresses, it does something that Star Trek does so well throughout the entire series. Mm-hmm. Not just the original series, but also Next Generation and DS9 and, you know, all, they present a scenario that almost seems unresolvable Mm -hmm. how do you how are they going to resolve this they have a godlike being on their ship (laughs) uh you know she really uh, uh, she really she really brought that one home yeah she sold it yeah big time um but that's one of the things i love about trek is you know they create these these scenarios where you say I don't know how this is going to end. You know, how how can it end for Charlie? Yeah. You know. Well, I don't know. I I, I you know I'm not, again I don't want to spoil it, but the 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 resolution of this one, uh, uh, it's a little too convenient. <laughs> so and up. Oh. And here he's playing with with Spock now, making Spock recite poetry. <laughs> Quite interesting poetry. And Charlie's not happy with him changing course. Yeah. He wants to get to Colony 5. Yeah. Wherever Colony yeah. 5 happens Kirk to be. Kirk basically wants to keep him away from populated areas. Oh, rightly so. Rightly so. And he cut off communications. Yeah. Poor Uhura. Her hands are burned. Yeah. Yep. He's making Spock recite more poetry. Mm-hmm. Strangely enough, he's making Spock recite Right there, he made him recite classic Earth poetry. Yeah. Where does Charlie know that from? Well, he had the ship's tapes. You don't know what kind of records the ship had. They probably had... He had enough time to get through all of that? 14 years. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> well, we, I don't know. well, I guess it was the... Oh, well, you know. It's the yeah. future. I, maybe maybe kids in the future. I'm thinking about kids today. They, yeah, I, they, I, they'll they actually appreciate anything. the arts. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Classic literature. I also think that was a really, really good performance by by oh. Leonard Nimoy. You know, sort of showing um, that he didn't have control of himself. Oh, boy. And he turns Tina into an iguana. Boom. There's that face again. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and the, the, how did he pick the iguana? I mean... Yeah. What did he just see a picture of it in the record tapes and mm-hmm. decided he wanted to turn her into that? I mean, he didn't make her go away. I yeah. guess he wanted to torture her for mm-hmm. some reason or another. And speaking of torture, oh. here is uh Yeoman Rand in sort of her uh her night night gear. Oh boy. This and, is gonna turn ugly quick. And Charlie's, you know, he's he brought her a you know, a, a flower. Yeah, that's nice of him. But she's uh she's not having it, man. Yeah, see, he does. He's not aware of the etiquette, though. Yeah, don't ever. He, uh, yeah, he's uh, in je- full on jealous now, boyfriend now mode. Now he's here. getting creepy, man. <laughs> Things are getting weird. 
Now, unlike Kirk, uh, Yeoman Rand is not able to talk to Charlie yeah, like no. this and get away with it. Uh-oh. And walk into the camera and break time. <laughs> that was a good commercial cut right there, I think. Yeah. Like, What's going on? So now we're back. And we see... Nothing really happened when the when the when it went dark, but mm-hmm. uh, she hit the secure. She hit the the main line to Kirk. Yeah, so everybody could hear what's going on. Yep. Turbo lift right to her quarters, and Charlie said the L word. Mm-hmm. Uh oh. Oh. And you see there that Spock hit the wall hard enough to put a a, a dent in yeah. it. Yeah, and there. He sends Rand away and can't believe what he did in his rage. And, and he it, blames her. Yep. And it's quite interesting that Spock, uh, Spock's legs are supposed to be broken. Yeah. Uh, you know, both of his legs. Yeah. From from hitting the wall, I guess. Yeah. Was enough to. Mm-hmm. to... But it also shows kind of it, it gives a little bit more insight into Spock's pain threshold. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Without telling them, or only by telling them, would anybody know that his legs are broken. Um, whereas, I'd imagine if it was me or you. He's kind of holding his leg there a little mm-hmm. bit, sitting a little cockeyed. Yeah. And uh, Kirk appears to be hurt as well, but apparently he doesn't have any broken bones. Yeah. Or broken uh, Vulcan bones are a little more brittle mm-hmm. than human bones, I guess. Fox kind of some kind of a weakness, huh? I mean, that was a pretty hard hit they took, and he, and he took the brunt of it, because... Kirk was in fr- in front of him, so he had mm. kind of Kirk's weight on him too. Yeah, and here's uh, Kirk's and here Kirk gonna... just saw Rand sent away, and he's still able to sort of address him in that stern manner, that you know, that fearlessness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's fixed Spock's legs. Yep. So now we find that Charlie also has the power to undo yes. things. So it's not only a destructive power, but it's also. Uh, he can also create things and and make uh, good things happen. So, one one has to wonder uh, what, what what could have become of him. Could they have molded him into something uh, you know, less uh, less less emo, <laughs> as it were? I didn't want to go there, but I guess in the future the emo kid still exists. Yeah, I I um, think ultimately the choice they make is the only choice you you can make. Yeah, well. Well, uh, honestly, they don't really make much of a choice here at the end. It's uh, it's all resolved for them. But atmospheric system, see this guy? He's he's checking out another oddball looking panel with glass yeah. spheres, colored glass spheres sticking out of it. Yeah, they're basically oh. going to put him in a in a in a, a room with a force field. And this, by the way, is the first appearance of a brig. Yeah. So uh, Charlie uh, gets very very mad that he was duped, and he can't come back out. Electricity, yeah, we got a little buzz there. Up, oh. boom, and Charlie makes the entire <laughs> wall. What a great shot, though! Yeah, that's pretty cool, mm-hmm. you know, for, for the time. And Spock and Kirk apparently very shocked, and he froze them, and he froze the two of them, but he didn't make them disappear. No, but he needs them, though, yeah. I think, to make mm-hmm. the to get the ship to where it needs to go. They're frozen, but Spock can still blink. <laughs> Selective freezing, mm-hmm. and again, you know, I, you know, you're really wondering where are they, where are they going to go here? 
This is a very, very sort of effective shot. Oh, he, he turns this He turns woman, her into an old lady. An old lady. <laughs> and this is great. You see the, the, the shadow, the silhouette of the, the crew people laughing. Charlie thinks they're laughing at him. And then we get a, a great, great image here of the woman with no, no face. face. Unbelievable. Yeah. I can only imagine what uh, what that felt like to see, you know, and mm. on on the original broadcast. Yeah. Yeah. What 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 can Charlie do? What are the limits of his powers? We might find out here. Mm. We might actually find out. Mm-hmm. We're getting yeah. a ship to ship message that Charlie seems to be blocking. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Yeah, Charlie's giving a little challenge there yeah. to Kirk. Charlie's treating it like a game, almost like chess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but Charlie seems to think this is a game that he can't lose. Well, technically he can't. Well. Mm-hmm. As we see here, they, they're really uh, powerless to do much to stop him. But this is also a motif that's going to reoccur many times, with the Enterprise being taken over by various entities with uh, with powers that, that seem to be insurmountable here. And here's Charlie storming down the hallways. And then they yeah. kind of figure out what they can do to stop him. Yeah, Kirk's had enough. Yeah, Kirk doesn't. And now there's the Kirk's immunity is gone. Yeah, McCoy says there's. He's off, he's off the deep end. Yeah, you pushed yeah. him too far. Mm-hmm. And then Kirk realizes that Charlie's controlling the ship at the moment. And he realizes that Charlie hasn't sent anybody away mm-hmm. since he's taking control of the ship. Mm-hmm. Notice that strange that alternate shirt that McCoy's wearing there. Yeah. That's it not al- a t- typical blue shirt. Yeah. It almost looks like um almost looks like medical scrubs or something, or or possibly yeah. uh you know, uh w- you know what sc- the scrubs might look like in in, in, in the future. Hmm. Short sleeve, no less. Yeah. Well, that's so you can wash your hands, oh, I guess, and keep them uh, unmolested. Of course. Yeah. So here's Charlie back on the bridge again. Kind of drunk with power. Yep, telling him he can make them all go away mm-hmm. anytime they want to. So and now, he you sits wonder, down in the captain's chair. You wonder how <laughs> uh, the people on the Antari ship got rid of him at all. Yeah. Well, it was probably Charlie knowing that the Enterprise would be sort of a gateway to um, a, a more populated area. It seems like Charlie is very keen on getting to Colony 5. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think he wants to interact with as many people as he can. Yeah. Now Kirk is gambling here. Yeah. Seeing if Charlie's reached his limit. Yeah. McCoy and Spock are sort of turning on as much of the, the ship's uh, resources as, as they can, really trying to overload Charlie. And Charlie's going to sort of break down like uh, the 17-year-old kid that he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Kirk's sort of holding fast here. You know, it's a, it's a, an important lesson. When you call somebody's bluff, you better be ready to take it all mm-hmm. the way. Oh, and he gets physical yeah. with Charlie, too. Throws him. And this is a rare low-angle shot of the bridge. You don't really see the bridge from this angle yeah. very often. So... Uh, that that's a that's a plus for this episode. 
So there's interesting triangles on the back of the seats there. Mm-hmm. You don't really get to see very closely very often. Mm-hmm. So here's uh And Charlie's lost the ship. Uh, Kirk was reeling back to throw a punch <laughs> yeah. too there. Right for the physical. And Charlie's lucky because oh. I think uh, and and Rand's back. On the bridge too. They didn't put her back where she disappeared mm-hmm. from. So she's she's very informal for the bridge. Yeah. But her hair's still up. Mm-hmm. And here we see some kind of gaseous. Some kind of strange looking uh and Charlie knows what it is. Yep. And now he realizes the jig is up. Yeah. He'd been living with the Thasians. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now they've come to reclaim him. And here is another Star <laughs> Trek first. The floating We're head. The first apparition <laughs> yes. of many in the Star Trek universe. Mm-hmm. The green floating head. <laughs> uh, we'll see other ones that are similar, but we'll, this is the disembodied head. Mm-hmm. So we'll see full body apparitions as well. But they use that, that really cool rippling uh, effect to make it really uh, bizarre mm-hmm. and sci-fi. Look, there's another random crewman there. Yeah. That left side, that captain's left side of the bridge. <laughs> doesn't get a lot of play. Does not. Nobody really gets to, to do much over there except yeah. for Scotty. Scotty, who doesn't appear in this episode, yeah, yeah, we haven't yet again, seen him and yet. no Sulu. Yeah. So um, basically, Charlie's getting reclaimed here. He's pleading with Kirk to take them. Kirk makes ultimately the right decision. He's basically banishing Charlie to a life, an isolated life with with the Thasians. But he just knows that mm. somebody with that power cannot yeah. be part of normal human society unfortunately well not until he's properly uh properly taught by the thassians how to you know he's still young you got to give me still, still, he's still there's young. that there's that all it would take what would it take to just trigger him real quick that kind of power um in in my opinion the 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 decision kirk makes here is the is the right one um and as sad as it is to see charlie isolated um he kind of sealed his fate so as we're wrapping up here, um, let's talk about whether this is an essential episode or not. Um, as I've said over the course of this episode, I think from a character standpoint, we get a lot of Captain Kirk character moments here. We sort of see his leadership ability as a captain, his uh, interpersonal relationships with, with the crew, and his overall ability to act as a leader. Um, for that alone, I think this is an essential episode. Um, what's your take? So this will be a, a disagreement for me. Okay. I, I don't think this episode is necessary uh, or essential watching. While I do agree that there are a lot of good Kirk moments in this episode, I don't think you get anything about Kirk from this episode that you wouldn't get from about him from other better episodes. Mm-hmm. So I, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't say from that standpoint that it's an essential episode. You don't get a lot from the other characters either. You you do get the Uhura singing. So that that's that's a nice thing but you do also get that uh, other times as well. So I, you know I, I don't really necessarily feel that this one is required watching or essential watching for anybody. Mm-hmm. It's a good watch. Uh, it's a good auxiliary watch. Mm -hmm. I I wouldn't necessarily say you, 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 you should skip it, but in my Mm -hmm. canon, 
in in my list. I, I wouldn't put a check mark on this one. Mm-hmm. And I think ultimately, um, it, it'd be hard for us to really say that any episode can be skipped. That we will get to those episodes that seem kind of unbearable. I think, but uh, as term, you know, as far as Trek fan, there goes Charlie. Bye bye, Charlie. As far as Trek fans go, most Trek fans are going to say, "Well, it's all essential." Right. Yeah. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, but, but basically, if we're really breaking it down here and, and your, your point is well taken, but I think seeing Kirk make that decision really kind of reinforces that um, Kirk is able to make those tough decisions. He's able to own them. Hmm. And this is the first time we see that. And seeing some emotion here from uh, yeah. from from Janice as well. She it was, was a little, little bit of a ride for for Janice, and you yeah. don't know what she saw when she was gone. Um, she seemed dazed and 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 out of it when she reappeared, mm-hmm. um, almost making you think that maybe she was in some kind of limbo. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully that's where she was, because I can only imagine, um, you know, you know what it would be like to sort of be in in non space. And we also learned. That everything on the ship is back to normal. So uh, Tina is no longer an iguana. The old woman turned yeah. back to her young version but, of herself. But he could, they could not bring back the Antares. No. Unfortunately. That was not Those undone. poor people mm-hmm. are gone forever. Yeah. So um, At the hands we, of we are wrapping up. Um, There's a shot from the pilot. Yes. The stage pilot, by the way. They're mm-hmm. on the stills. There's a, a still of Sulu with his <laughs> rapier. <laughs> yes. Which is in an upcoming episode. Yes. And there's, the uh, salt, there's our the salt, salt monster. monster. Yep. So we have the, the, the typical uh, photo montage. There's, mm-hmm. a little, there's a little shot from the man trap there. Mm-hmm. The phaser blast. Yep. And that pretty much brings and, us to uh, the end of the episode. So And look at this. This is a strange one. This is one of the few that does not have uh, Vina, yeah. the Orion chick, as yeah. the last shot. Mm-hmm. Desilu sends us home. Thank you, uh, as always, uh, or again, for uh, for sitting here and watching Charlie X with us. And we will talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. No. But if I did what you said, if I was gentle. Charlie, there are a million things in this universe you can have, and there are a million things you can't have. It's no fun facing that, but that's the way things are. Then what am I going to do? Hang on tight and survive. Everybody does. You don't. Everybody, Charlie.